Hey, it worked. Yay. Awesome. I'm so excited. Me too. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so pumped. So I um want to thank you first off for one, uh, like agreeing to being interviewed and then two, to being a guinea pig to this virtual interviewing thing because I didn't even know this was a thing that could be done. So thank you for introducing me to this virtual interview thing. Although, um, thanks COVID for making it a little bit more difficult for us, but Hey, we did it still. So I'm so excited. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Okay. Um, also everyone, just to let you know, um, even though you clicked the link, you are listening to peace with peace podcast, which is devoted to giving people a space to talk about, their journeys with self-love and self-acceptance because honestly I think the best way to learn is from listening to other people and empathizing with their experiences and just really opening an ear so that's what we're all about again we're not taking a professional counseling lens on this stuff it's just totally testimonial and personal experience so um we are talking with Emily today who is such a sweet and beautiful soul. She's so passionate about education and activism, and I'm just so thrilled to have her. Um, So, Emily, why um, did you want to be on the podcast? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for this opportunity because I've honestly been kind of looking for a platform to talk a little bit more about self-love, self-acceptance, and share a little bit about my story. So I think this is absolutely wonderful, and I'm so, so excited to be your first guest on this podcast. So I think, you know, the main reason I wanted to be on here was not only to tell my story, but to hopefully inspire others and let others know that they're not alone if they struggle with um, concepts of like body image, self-acceptance things like that because I've definitely had a long journey with it that I'll talk about a little later Um, and I just feel like I've come so far that I I can look back at my progress and be proud of myself for what I've accomplished and what I have uh, successfully gone through. So I think this podcast not only serves as an outlet for me to kind of tell my story but hopefully will motivate others in the process as well. Oh my goodness yes it definitely will. I think we kind of, I don't know, when we first start sharing our story, we underestimate how much of a difference it will make for other people. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. I think that, you know, oftentimes we might think that we're kind of alone in our struggle, but hearing somebody else relate to us, even on some levels, can be super comforting and inspire us to make, you know, healthy, positive changes for ourselves and to love ourselves more. So I'm hoping that even if one person is inspired by this podcast today, that um, I will feel like I have reached my goal. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I agree. I agree. Because Oh, it's just so great. Everything you're saying just bringing me to life. So let's just jump right into it. Where do you think, um, what influenced you in your um, perception of how you see yourself? Society, relationships, like where did that come from for you, you think? Oh, that's a great question. So um, I think there's kind of a combination. So whenever I was back in middle school, I was bullied pretty much every day of my life for my appearance, um, you know, how I talked, how I acted, my personality, pretty much everything. And that really helped, um, you know, have a really negative self view for myself, honestly. And I've, you know, 
had issues with that ever since. And on top of that, um, I do feel as if, you know, there is this kind of norm in society, especially with the way that social media portrays, um, you know, different aspects of how we should be living. Like we should be posting our lives. If we're in a relationship, we should, you know, be posting all the time about it or else something must be wrong in our relationship. Um, you know, there's kind of this ideal picture of what a person should look like, women and men both. And I just think that, you know, those factors together um, created kind of a pretty bad scenario for me um, with viewing myself, especially with my weight. So I think that those had negative influences. But now, as I continue to move through therapy and have a really positive support system and also follow some more body positive social media accounts, I feel as if my view is starting to change um, not only for myself, but for others, because, you know, I wouldn't talk to other people the way that I talk to myself. And I really had to come to that realization and realize that, you know, um, I need to talk more kindly to myself because, you know, if I'm not talking kindly to myself, then, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to spread mm -hmm. that to other people. So I think that, you know, society and things people have said to me in the past have helped, you know, things people have said to me, the compliments I've received and the support I've received have also helped to build me up at the same time. Oh, everything you just said. Wow. I totally agree. Like no one can be more mean to us than ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think like bullies and society and all these people like give us like the ammo of like how to be mean to ourselves like they teach us how to be mean mm -hmm. and then once we get that little nugget of how we should view ourselves it explodes so then no one can be harder on us than we are mm -hmm. and you mentioned too how um like taking that in because how many times do we check on Facebook a day I mean literally like we check it I don't know. I check my Facebook like every other minute. It's disgusting. Mm -hmm. And those messages you see can be very negative and harmful. And it can just keep fueling that internal negativity that you have on yourself. So like you said, like the best ways to make that, it will improve your image of yourself is to follow good, um, su positive support on Facebook and other social media and then also like in your personal life too so who um you said you had a supportive like system like a support system who mm -hmm. is a part of that um so that's a really really good question too so definitely the first people that come to my mind are my parents uh, my parents and I have always been extremely close I know you know I always pray for people who may not have the relationship with their parents like I do I definitely feel incredibly blessed with them and they have really been huge motivating factors in all areas of my life so they have certainly walked right beside me and never left my side through this journey. Um, and I would also say, you know, my extended family is also really supportive of me. And I do have a few um, close friends, um, a couple from high school and some from college that are really supportive. And of course, you know, I, um, I play the organ in a bunch of different churches. So I definitely have this like huge acquired church family. And I just, I just feel so blessed not only, you know, to have 
blood family, but also family that by choice that has been extremely supportive of me. And, um, and, you know, it didn't come easy. I've kind of had to navigate who I want in my support system over the years. And that has definitely ebbed and flowed and some people come and go, but um, there have definitely been people that have been very consistent in my life. And I am extremely grateful because I honestly don't know where I would be without them. So um, it's definitely important to form a support system to help you through and to motivate you and remind you of of the positive qualities of yourself. That's beautiful. Yeah, support systems are so important. And what you said about navigating who you want in your system, I think, I don't know for you, but over time, like as you mature and grow, um, you find that you need different supports. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know. I feel like when... I was in high school, like I had my friends and I loved them. But then when I became a mom, I needed to find other supports. It's like, because not all my friends had kids. So like I needed to seek other supports. So like what you said about that, that really, oh, it's like struck me because I totally agree. Like, did you see um, like a change in your support system as you took on different struggles or different um, paths in your life? Absolutely. Yes. Um, I noticed that, you know, when I would face certain hardships that some people would stay and some people would leave. And, and you know, I just tell myself, you know, some people are he- um, coming into your life as a lesson or as a blessing. And I just have to remind myself that, you know, some people are just meant to stay for a season. So I've definitely seen some people come and go, especially during this pandemic, to be honest, um, especially with me kind of pretty much being quarantined this whole time and making the choice to stay home. Um, it, it definitely takes a toll on various relationships. So I think that uh, my support system has definitely changed, but it's also been interesting when I face various struggles, how new people sometimes come into my life as well and um, affect me in a positive way during that time. So um, I would definitely say that, yes, it has changed over the years. But of course, you know, my parents have probably been the main two people that have stayed very constant with me, which is good because I think even though some people come and go and that's okay, it's really important that you still have those consistent role models in your life as well. Yes, absolutely. And how do you think like quarantine played a role into this? Like, do you think it did like in the way you view yourself? And I mean, quarantine has been like a very hard, I mean, nationally, internationally, like it's really affecting people. Do you think that it does have a link on how you view yourself? Yeah, absolutely. That is, that's a really, really good point. I I honestly think that it's had its pros and cons. So on one end of the spectrum, you know, I've definitely been a little less active and it's a lot easier for me at least to snack more when I'm at home and working from home. So that has been a bit of a struggle for me. But at the same time, I feel as if I've had a lot of time to reflect and kind of assess myself and figure out who I am, what my values are. And that has kind of boosted my confidence and I'm actually starting to become more comfortable in my own skin because of this time I've had to actually work on myself rather than continuously work. As much as I love working, I, um, I'm very driven. I'm constantly busy. So to have some time to actually slow down and let myself think about how I truly view myself and what I want to work on has actually been very healing for me. And, um, while quarantine has had its difficulties, I would say that that's actually a pretty big blessing for me that has come out of it. You go, girl. That's awesome. Like, that's awesome. Listen, I try to stay positive during quarantine because 
like I do. I agree. It's like a a great moment to self reflect. Like we never have that. I don't know because you're busy. Like we get in our daily lives. We don't have time to really like sit and assess what is going on in our heads. So like this is the perfect time, and I'm glad that you said that you're taking the time to reflect too because I've been trying. And yeah, it's like different so like we can't be as active as we want and it's kind of like quarantine makes you think about yourself which can turn into like a very negative thing mm-hmm. but it's so awesome that like even if we find something about ourselves that we don't like or like we're being mean to ourselves that we have the time to reflect and say like okay where does that thought come from um I need to clean that up in myself because mm-hmm. I mean God knows how long we're going to be in this quarantine situation, but when it's over, I don't know if you can say this too, but I want to come out as a better version of myself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree with you. That's definitely been something I've been thinking about, like kind of finding more of a balance in my life rather than just constantly working and doing for others. I'm kind of respecting myself more in the sense that I'm allowing myself free time. I'm allowing myself to explore new hobbies I might like and to do things that I actually enjoy for once. Although I love my career and everything, there still is that need for time away from it. So I think that that's definitely one way I'm going to come out a better version of myself. And I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. I think now is the perfect time. Uh, of course, you know, you know, I don't, didn't want any of this to happen, but you know, now that it is happening, it is a really good time to completely revamp areas of your life that you may not be so satisfied with and um, come out, you know, a different and better and more improved person. So like, I, I'm going to go back to where, um, when you were just sharing like a little bit about where your views came from uh-huh. and you were saying like you were bullied and like you struggled with weight and things like that. Um, do you want to share a little bit more about what that looked like? Because it sounds like right now you're in a really good place. Like it sounds like you're really strong in um, being gentle with yourself. And I feel like that takes a lot of practice. So like how one, like, share a little bit more about your hardships and then um, tell us a little bit about how you got good at being gentle with yourself because you sound like you're in such a good spot right now. (laughs) That's like really awesome. Thank you. That seriously means a lot hearing that because I definitely have my moments and my days, but it's really nice to hear that somebody else is hearing progress I've made and hearing uh, what kind of spot I'm in right now. So thank you for that. I'd be happy to share more. So um, like I said, you know, the bullying basically started in middle school. A lot of it was aimed towards my appearance. Um, I've always been kind of a little bit different in my expression. I wasn't always like a super girly girl. I mean, nothing wrong with that at all. I just kind of preferred to wear like sweatpants and t-shirts to school to be comfy and didn't really care as much about um, putting effort into my appearance because I just honestly am kind of lazy. So I just, you know, would roll out of bed and go to school. So um, I, you know, got made fun of a lot for that. And I especially got made fun of for my weight. And um, I I also got made fun of for how I ate, like the speed of me eating, because I would eat pretty fast. And people would make comments about that to me to the point where I was afraid to eat in front of anybody. Um, I would prefer to eat like in the library or in a teacher's room come high school, because otherwise, there were more people watching me, like, take my food back to the table, all eyes on me with that and watching me take each bite. Like it just, I replayed that kind of stuff in my head so much and psyched myself out. Um, And it got a little bit better 
when I first hit college, but then all of a sudden it really took a bad turn. Um, I started going through some pretty, pretty heavy stuff in my personal life. I was really stressed out with school and I started using food as a coping mechanism and it really pretty became the heaviest I ever had been. And, um, I, We still there? Oh no, Emily, where'd you go? Oh no, our connection. Okay, I'm gonna finish this and then I'm gonna get her back so then we can do a part two. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened, but that's okay. Um, we roll with the punches and we were having such good conversations. So um, do you remember where you left off? I was taking notes, so I kind of remember. Um, do you remember the last thing you heard before it cut off? Because I think I was talking past the cutoff point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the last thing I heard on my end was um, food is a coping mechanism is where we were. Okay, perfect, perfect. So um, whenever this, you know, started with me with the food as a coping mechanism, things would kind of ebb and flow. Sometimes it would be okay. Sometimes um, things would get worse. And by the time the year of 2018 hit, it got really, really bad. Um, and I've actually never shared this really with anybody, but I'm like, kind of ready to tell my story about this today. I actually was diagnosed with binge eating disorder in 2018. And um, that diagnosis at first actually made things worse for me, because then I told myself, oh, well, you know, you have this eating disorder, and um, you're worthless, like, I would just talk myself down so much about it. Um, and I really that label became a negative thing for me. Um, I almost sometimes in a way, wish I would have never got the label put on it because it really made me fixate on things. Um, it actually came to a point where I was weighing myself in excess of five times a day. Um, I would wake up each morning and do body checks, look at myself in the mirror. I'd stare at myself in excess of 10 minutes at a time. Um, it just became, you know, to a point where I was out of control. And I was, you know, again, in this vicious cycle of using food to cope. And then I would beat myself up and use the food to cope about beating myself up about food. It was just this, this really bad cycle. But when 2019 came, things started to change for the better for me because I decided to start going to therapy and I was connected with a therapist that specializes in eating disorders. So we were able to get to the deeper root of why I was, you know, engaging in those patterns of more about my self view and how, you know, society and people have influenced that. And I started to come to a better place of self acceptance and self love. And since then, um, I actually am in the best shape of my life right now. But I keep telling myself that even if I wasn't, mentally, I've made so much progress. Um, I don't really use food as much as a coping mechanism anymore. I've kind of replaced that with healthier coping mechanisms, like taking a nature walk or playing the piano, like things like that. So 
I definitely am very self-aware now. And, you know, I know it is, it's a daily process for me. Some days are good. Some days are just not, but I've learned to kind of grant myself grace and remind myself that I deserve the love and care that others give me. And it's okay for me to forgive myself and to not dwell on it. So, um, you know, I definitely am in a much healthier place now. I would definitely be lying if I said I still didn't struggle though. Um, I still, you know, engage in the patterns with my weighing myself. So, you know, with my parents being such a good support system, they'll like hide the scale from me for a little bit until I'm ready again. And, um, you know, they don't make, they never, ever, ever make comments about what I eat. We just try to remove the labels of healthy and unhealthy and just say, you know, it's food. If you want to eat the cake, eat the cake. And instead of dwelling on it and beating yourself up, enjoy the cake because life is short. So I just feel like, um, I, I know this is this was kind of long and drawn out, but basically the, the moral of the story for me is that I have worked to not let my eating disorder define me, but rather than to motivate me to do better, to tell others they're not alone and um, to start loving myself more. Yes. 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 You know what? Like when you were talking about um, like where you are now and how gentle you are with yourself, that type of stuff you don't learn that off the bat. Like you go through some hard crap to Mm -hmm. get that kind of view. And um, I feel like, like when you're talking, I wish like you could see the light bulbs going off in my head Um, because I think it's, it kind of like, I don't know how to, it all makes sense for a perfect, destruction story because we are taught to use food as a coping mechanism Uh right so like when you're sad like you see on the tv like women eating like a carton of ice cream like that's Uh or um even like with kids like oh you did so well at soccer practice let's go and get um like cupcakes from a bakery to celebrate or like it's Uh used as like a reward and then it also gets taken away like a punishment and um that's how like an unrelated like an unhealthy relationship with food happens like we start giving food too much power and like do you see that a lot like I see that so much Absolutely. That is so true. You know, that that has a really excellent point because there's so many times in my life where I would say, oh, I'm just going to, I'll try again tomorrow because maybe I got a good grade today and I want to go celebrate. And of course, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But then when you add on top of that, you know, some things going on with mental health and having an eating disorder, it, it can really spiral from that point. Um, and same thing with kind of, I would literally punish myself and say, well, I already ate too much today. And even though I'm actually hungry right now, I'm going to go to bed hungry because I didn't earn this food. And I, at that point, I really knew I needed help because that's, you know, if your body's asking for food or water, you can't deprive it of that. You have to fuel yourself. So, um, I definitely agree with you society and, you know, the, you know, media, TV shows, stuff like that have painted this picture of food that can certainly lead to an unhealthy relationship with it. And I think that actually, you know, looking back, I think that plays partially a role for me, just watching how people would comfort themselves with food and reward themselves with it, too. That's a that's an excellent point. And, you know, I, that, that's like a light bulb for me, too. Yeah. <laughs> if only people could like see inside our heads. Like it's probably like fireworks in there right now. But, right. <laughs> <laughs> but like this unhealthy relationship we have with food, 
mm-hmm. absolutely grows into eating disorders. Like there's absolutely a connection, I think. So mm-hmm. like through my journey with my recovery, with my eating disorder, um, like I have been really trying to, like you said, like your counselor will be like, what is this really about? Like, what is, what is, like, what are these patterns? What are these beliefs? Where are they coming from? Mm-hmm. Because these unhealthy relationships we have with food, they become our coping mechanisms. And there's a lot of coping mechanisms out there. So um, we can cope with food. We can cope with exercising. We can cope by venting. Like there's all these things we can do to cope. So I feel like once you get comfortable in a coping mechanism, it can absolutely grow into an issue. So like we're talking about unhealthy relationships with food. It can absolutely grow into a problem like an eating disorder and the big difference, like I see a lot of people have an unhealthy relationship with food. Um, like I hear so many women and even men too, but I see a lot of women talk about, I ate too much. Oh, I'm so bad. I shouldn't eat that cake. Like I see that a lot. When mm-hmm. it becomes, and it's almost, you're socialized to talk that way. So just because you talk like that doesn't mean you have a problem because it's normal to talk that way. However, it becomes a problem when it starts interrupting your daily life. So mm-hmm. like when you were saying like you were weighing yourself five times a day, that mm-hmm. is interrupting your normal life. Well, mm-hmm. whatever normal is, right? But like right. that's in that's causing you to not be able to focus on daily stuff that you would do. Yes. Like, did you see yourself? Um, like did you see that? Like um that you weren't able to enjoy things or focus on things? Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. I, you know, I couldn't go anywhere out to eat anywhere without worrying. Like if my parents, like I had this weird view that if my parents ate less than me, then I was suddenly like overeating and that I didn't deserve it. And it it actually would impede our ability to go out to eat together because pretty much every time I would be like, why aren't you getting more food than me? So I can feel like I'm eating less than you. And it would just turn into this whole you know, argument, not even because of that, but because of what I was saying and thinking and accusing them of when they were just simply, you know, trying to enjoy their meal. And I took it to this level of, oh, I must be so huge because I'm eating a little more than they are. And it just, it came to the point where we had to stop going out to restaurants together until I was better because it just was too much for me. Um, I, I definitely think that, you know, the, the socialization too, I noticed that a lot too. Like, even if I'm feeling like better about myself, if I hear someone else say, oh, I shouldn't have ate that cake. That's so bad. Like then it, it, it makes me think, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't too. You know, it just, it's very um, interesting to see how those patterns kind of happen in normal conversation and how it's so normalized. Yeah. And too, like I love, so I think too, not that I think, I know eating disorders are so more prevalent than what we think they are mm-hmm. and when I first was in my recovery um, mm-hmm. like when I first started that journey I was like hell-bent on finding other people who had eating disorders because I knew mm-hmm. other people did mm-hmm. and now like not that I get excited when I hear someone say they're in recovery but I'm like it's such a problem and mm-hmm. like I love when people say they're in recovery because your eating disorder is the worst place I've ever been in my life. Like I've never been in a lower spot. I've never been more mean to myself. And like, 
I almost can't remember it, like, because it's totally blocked, like a trauma response, like, it's totally blocked out of my mm-hmm. head. Like, I can't remember, like, the things that you're saying, I can remember, but I can't really remember it, um, because mm-hmm. I think your brain, it, it does try to protect you. It doesn't want you to feel pain, and I, like, you know other people are going through this, and then when we can have a conversation and bond um, over eating disorders and things like that, it just really... It's where magic can happen. Self-love magic can happen when people talk about this kind of stuff. And not everyone goes through something like this, but we all felt bad about ourselves. And I think that's when we can get other people who maybe didn't have the diagnosis, but had um, unhealthy thoughts, like then they can also receive empowerment too. So first of all, thank you for admitting that. Thank you for saying that on the podcast. Thank you for being open with me. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, because that takes so much bravery, because it is so, we try to hide it, like, it's, like, a very shameful thing, and I'm just, like, thank you for that, because, I don't know, it does feel like you, even, like, as far along, like, so I've been in recovery for, like, I don't know, it's been a few years, mm-hmm. um, but you do start to feel alone, because I don't talk about it anymore, and, um, Oh, yeah. Thanks. Just thanks for being open about that. That's awesome. Of course. I appreciate you giving me the platform to be open because honestly, I've kind of wanted to tell my story for a good bit now, but I've never really found the right time. And I figured, you know what, why not share this with people? And um, whenever you kind of model that bravery, other people are going to step forward and be brave too. And then that's when good conversations start and healing begins. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And healing is so important. And like what you said too, um, like you still have bad days and I mm-hmm. still have bad days. Like this, like this self-love journey, um, it's lifelong. Mm-hmm. And when you add an eating disorder on top of that, like you have to constantly, it doesn't, it's, so it's not always a hard thing, but like you always have to like check in with yourself. Like, is this healthy? This is triggering to me. What are my triggers? Did they change? Um, it's like a, a dialogue you have to have with yourself and, um, it, it is a lifelong thing. It's a lifelong, I don't know what to call it, thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I love the conversation we're having. Do you, um, do you have anything to say like about anything I said or like do you have anything else you want to say? Yeah, absolutely. So I know when you and I talked before the uh, podcast, one of the things that you asked me is what I like about myself. And I think that, you know, modeling, talking about what I like about myself um, hopefully can inspire others. So um, I've learned to like things about myself that aren't necessarily appearance related, although I am, you know, becoming more comfortable with my appearance. And I'm noticing that I'm able to post full body pictures with a little more ease rather than untagging myself in them. Um, I'm noticing that, you know, I feel just overall better about myself. But as I've continued to reflect on myself, I've thought about ways that I like myself other than appearance. And some of those ways are, you know, I'm, I feel as if I'm a very compassionate person. I care a lot about other people and their stories. Um, I'm actually very intuitive as well. I have this huge sense of ambition and drive in my life. I constantly want to be impacting people. I want to make a difference in the community and the world. Like I just, you know, I feel like I'm kind of a go-getter and I want to make a difference. 
And I, fi I find myself to be very sensitive. And that's something that used to be a very negative self view, but mm -hmm. it has now turned into a positive one because I think that even though sometimes I can maybe be a little bit overly sensitive, I've also learned that, you know, if people say things that hurt, it, it hurts. And I'm, I'm valid in feeling that. And my sensitivity has extended to other people to let them be more vulnerable express themselves more and know that I care. So I now view that as definitely a positive characteristic of myself. And I also find myself to be very creative. So I'm constantly thinking of new innovative ideas to help people. Um, I'm, you know, my brain's always working and I feel like, you know, I'm only 22, but I think that, you know, I have a long life ahead of me and I'm ready to make an impact in people's lives. And I think that, you know, these qualities are positive things about myself that I never used to give myself credit for, but I feel as if I'm in a healthier place now to where I can finally say, it's okay to like yourself. It's okay to like various aspects about yourself. Even if there's some things you feel more down about, it's okay to still love yourself as a whole and recognize the positive qualities that you have. Girl, you're a gift. <laughs> you're a whole <laughs> gift because like, there are so many things that you have that are unique. Like not everyone has ambition. Not everyone allows themselves to be sensitive. Um, not everyone believes they can make a difference. Like they want to see a difference in the world, but they can't wrap their head around like they can absolutely make it. And everything you just said, it's a whole gift. You're a whole gift to the community. Like I applaud you on that. Like you, yeah, and absolutely, you have so much more, like you're 22, you're young. I mean, I guess we're both young, but like you're younger than me and like you're going to be able to give yourself to people who really need you. And that's awesome. You go, girl. Oh, thank you. You just made my whole day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Like you, you keep going. Like you just keep, Yeah. You keep loving yourself and giving that love. And girl, you got it. You got this. Thank you so much. And same to you, honestly, for you to have, you know, created this podcast, created this Peace with Peace group. Like, you've been such an inspiration to me over the years. And I just could not wait to do this whenever I saw this opportunity. I'm like, I am jumping on this right now. <laughs> Aww, thanks. Yeah, because yeah. I, um, it's definitely hard. Um you know that it's definitely hard to mm -hmm. keep going but when you do things like this it reminds yourself like you got to or you can do it like I um I think that's like a major reason why I even started the group because like I needed it too you know like it's like uh yeah you want to help other people but then it's always reminded yourself like no you got this Yes, absolutely. Yes, I definitely uh, applaud you for all that you do. Honestly, I can't wait to see where life continues to take you because you've already gone so far and have impacted so many people. It's just so exciting to me. Girl, we'll go together. We that sounds like together. a plan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it together. We're yeah. Gonna, yeah, we'll rock this together. And along the way, we'll get even more people to walk with us. Yeah, that sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time um, to talk with me. I appreciate it so much. And thanks for sharing your story. Um, it's awesome. Giving me goosebumps and all these light bulbs, all these fireworks going off in my head. I hope 
other people see that too, all the fireworks and stuff. <laughs> like how they get that feeling. Um, and um, just anything else you want to say before I wrap it up? I just want to thank you again so much for this opportunity. This honestly, you know, feels so healing. And I'm so excited to see, you know, the response this might get, how it might impact people. And I also can't wait to hear other people's stories on this podcast. I just think it's so important. And um, if, you know, to whoever's listening to this, there's one big takeaway that you get from this podcast. It's, you know, love yourself for who you are, where you are right now. Um, Even if it's not in a place where you want to be right now, still give yourself that grace and forgive yourself and love yourself. And um, you, you will progress. You will be okay. And it's coming from somebody that really for a time didn't see a whole lot of hope with getting better. And here I am a couple years later doing really well. And I just hope, you know, everyone kind of can feel some motivation from that and know that you're not alone. Mic drop. (laughs) Mic drop. That's how we're going to end. That's awesome. And Yes. Hopefully I don't mess this up when I edit it. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be fine. And um again, like join Peace with Peace. Um, it's on Facebook and Instagram. Um talk about stuff like this with your friends and your family, make your own community too. Um, yeah. Thanks so much, Emily. I thank you, Alexa. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. You have a good rest of your day. Thank you, girlfriend. Bye. Thanks. Bye.